Neat Stuff Podcast, Episode 15. Welcome to the Neat Stuff Podcast. My name is Devin. And I'm Kat. And we are yet again out on location. Yeah, this time we are, though, we are a little bit farther north than we were last time. This time we are at SteamCon, which is in Bellevue, Washington. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, Bellevue is a really long car ride away from our house, and it's kind of a pain in the ass to drive this far. Oh, it's like three and a half hours. It's it's not that bad. He's grumpy because he drove. Yeah, I, I drove. You but, could have pulled over. Which we did, and we were able to get some pretty cool burgers at a random, like, mom and pop burger joint, which that's is kind of cool. That's one of Devin's favorite things to do is actually, you know, when we're driving, just look for the random spot. Look for the place, you know, the greasy spoon or whatever. And sometimes you get really lucky and they have something random like elk burgers. Yeah. And what's interesting is that it was right across from another Burger King. So it's like we can either go have normal or Subway or Subway. Yeah. It was like either normal random burgers, which aren't that great. We can go for Subway, which we know is okay. Or we could take a chance on something cool. And it turned out to be pretty neat. Yeah, they were good. It was nice. I had chicken nuggets. It was <laughs> yummy. I didn't have to be a kid to, to order, order off, off the, the kid's, kids menu. menu. Yeah. So. But we're up here for SteamCon, which is a Seattle-based steampunk convention. Um, it started in Seattle. It started at the SeaTac Marriott, um, which... If you guys don't know, SeaTac C- is the uh, Seattle-Tacoma airport, and it's enormous. I, it's huge. So big. So, um, and that was their, it's the fourth year for SteamCon. So the first two years, they were at the SeaTac Marriott, and now they're in the Bellevue Hyatt Regency, which is a very swanky hotel. Yeah, this whole part of town is very, very f- swanky. So I spent some time walking around Bellevue, and it's like... I, I had like kind of a New York or very fancy upper class vibe walking around this area. Well, and, and Microsoft is based really, really close. There, there's a very large Microsoft office nearby. And who else was here? You saw a couple other people. I saw um, Expedia and Oracle. I saw some signs for. So there's a bunch of random tech companies here, which is kind of interesting. Good. If Oracle listens to this, please fix Java so it would stop popping up. Since we're in Bellevue, we, we can go hold signs out your, you know, outside of your window if it wasn't Sunday tomorrow. So And rainy and you yeah, know, yeah, bad, bad, bad. Pacific Northwest weather. SteamCon has a theme uh, every year. So this year is uh, monsters and hunters, Victorian monsters and hunters. Last year's was, I believe, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And the year before that was the Weird Weird West, um, which was probably my favorite so far. There's a lot of really cool monsters that people came up with but i i happen to really like the wild wild west one that they did um it actually started out as a very large con for um what what could have been considered a very niche genre the first year that they ran steampunk they had about 1350 guests and last year they had over 2,200 guests. And so I can only assume that they're probably around 3,000 right now based on their level of growth from year to year. And then what's really neat is that you walk in and pretty much everybody's in costume. There's all sorts of weird and strange and interesting costumes, lots of very good, very 
unique hats and outfits. And there's a wide um, swath of just styles, which is kind of one of the more interesting things about steampunk is that it's a it is a costuming you know get up theme but you can go down to like army surplus and get a lot of the basic you know costume pieces very easily and then you just start adding to it and it's something that one year you may have a very simple outfit but you know the next year you add an arm piece year after that you get a gun the year after that you get a belt and a bandolier and suddenly you're just this you know steampunk monstrosity tromping down the hallways well, and that's kind of something that I've always really liked. Um, I I honestly kind of consider myself a, a costumer first. Um, I'm not a great costumer. Don't get me wrong. I just really love costumes. But with steampunk, it's always been very much costume driven with inspirations from other things. Um, and what that allows is a really wide range. There was a woman today I saw that was wearing... Uh, a Victorian styled gown made out of modern U.S. Navy digital camo, I believe. So, um, it's 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 very much a costume aesthetic, and of course, the problem with that is there are going to be some people who are like, "Well, I'm neo-Victorian, and I wish that everyone was more period." And then there are people who are like, "Don't put restrictions on what I can and can't wear." But Overall, I wouldn't say it causes a huge rift. It's just kind of, it, it just shows the differences that you can do between um, different costume styles. So before we get too much farther along, um, if all this strange, fanciful things interest you, uh, Kat, why don't you explain what steampunk is real quick? Steampunk is a very, very difficult thing to describe because of, because like I just said, it's a, um, it is a costume based aesthetic that a lot of people have taken in a very wide range in general one of the original descriptions of steampunk that i've heard is if you stayed in the victorian era so like late 1800s 1870s through you know 1898 turn of the century kind of thing you stayed in that era and add a little bit of the fantasy you know, everything's powered by gears and steam and you never invented um, the atomic power or electricity to, you know, to everything. Um, I guess I guess you technically invented electricity. It, it's a very difficult thing to quantify. It's inspired heavily by Jules Verne and H.G. Uh, Wells and Lovecraft and all of those played a really huge literary base for this particular genre. So basically, find the time right around right around the time that they invented steam powered uh, or steam powered, you know, locomotive and trains. And, you know, you look back at all the old timey uh, f- films of them on steam power and, you know, settling the West and all that. And then add robots. And, you know, get weird monsters and tentacle thingies and powered you know like di- uh, like light up blinky things and light up blinky things yeah yeah lots of light up blinky things um random gears and uh really early early hydraulics just sort of really chintzy looking hydraulics go ahead and go go google uh glue a gear on it it's 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 the steampunk equivalent to put a bird on it so 
Yeah, and, and you can pretty much, it's the age of dirigibles. And Nautilus submarines and steam trains and all of this kind of golden age uh, technology. And I have a really hard time defining steampunk because, like I mentioned, for the 18th time, it's a very, very broad category that no one really seems to want to pin down. And the people who do try to pin it down are generally the people who end up excluded from the group because they don't play nice with others. Yeah, so if you want to come out and have a fun time and you want to costume in some crazy stuff, go find a steampunk group because they, they're generally pretty welcoming and as long as you're willing to play pretty hard and fast with the rules, you know, that there are no real rules. Just try and do your best and make something that you like. They're all pretty welcoming, and a lot of them just enjoy good craftsmanship. Well, and steampunk has really come into fashion recently. I hate to bring this up, but Justin Bieber did a video with steampunk. Um, so, I mean, and there have been a couple movies recently that are, that are going steampunk. We won't talk about those right now, but, um, but steampunk is kind of the new, I I hate putting it this way. It's almost the new zombies. It's the new pirates. It's the new, it's the new thing that Hollywood and, and the, you know, everyone's trying to capture. So if you don't know what steampunk is, I'm betting that you will know within the next year. Google is your friend. Google is your friend. So moving on to something that can help um, inspire you with your steampunk outfits is an online comic called Girl Genius. Now, this is a online webcomic by Phil and Kaya Folio, and it started off in 2000, and it follows the career of Agatha Hedrodine. Agatha Hedrodine. Agatha Hedrodine, a student at Transylvania Polynostic University who basically gets thrown into this weird and wonderful world of kind of a of this world of steampunk they just kind of go with it with flying machines and giant killed death robots and strange monsters that have been you know uh who are the results of, of mad science and golems and people who just and 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 into this world full of heroes and villains and people who are bigger than life or think they are larger than life and just keep going. Um, they, it is an award-winning webcomic. They won a Hugo and... A, Actually, they've won multiple Hugos at this point. And many webcomic choice awards. So they're updated regularly and a lot of it is that it's a very... They have a lot of pro-female characters. Actually, they have a lot of pro-every characters. Pretty much all the characters in the story are really interesting. They all have their own motives. They all have their own back history. And they and they don't do stuff just for the sake of doing stuff. It all kind of makes sense. I really like their female protagonist, Agatha Heterodyne. She is a, a beautifully written fe- femini- feminist positive without being feminist in the weird way. And she's not like skinny as a rail, which is kind of nice. I yeah, of course I like that. But um 
one thing that I really like is, is there are love interests for her. And she realistically can't be bothered that much with these guys who are falling over her because she's so busy interested in the science and learning and all this fantastic stuff that's going on around her. Yeah. And she runs around and fixes giant castles or giant monsters or giant killbots. And there's all these... You call them killbots. And there's all these moments where they're like, oh, oh my gosh, there's this giant, horrible, you know, dealer of death and destruction and it the little door pops open agatha what are you doing in there hey i fixed it it's totally cool look it does this and it's like it makes toast and the comedy style i mean and the the style and the writing style is very comedic it gets serious it gets very romantic it's all over the map but it all is really really good and I really recommend this story to anybody who really wants to see something a little more fanciful, but isn't just like random magic running around. It's not all everything in here is kind of sciencey. There's a little bit of magic mixed through, but everything kind of makes sense in the world that you that you're operating in. Well, and realistically, all the magic that was air quotes, you can't see it, but there are air quotes around that word magic. Um it's more of just, I don't have to explain this. We're going to call it science, but we don't really know how it works. And there are like elements of magic, but it's all like, oh, we could probably explain this with science if we took the time. So um, I think it's a very interesting way to to keep everything creative without necessarily having to explain it all and, and know all the terminology. Yeah. It's not science because we can't really explain it. It's not pseudoscience because we can kind of explain it. It's super science. It's better than both. Or mad science. Or mildly irritated science. <laughs> I am going to give you such a, such a talking to. Yeah, and they don't really call it steampunk. I mean, it, it's an aesthetic choice. They actually call it a gas lamp fantasy um, gas lamp for the time period and fantasy because of the the way they deal with the subject matter. So, yeah, and actually, I think Phil and Kaya Folio are guests at oh, Steampunk yeah, this year. Well, they're vending. Oh, they're vending. they're vending. Yeah, they're they're pretty common guests, I think, at Steam at Steampunk. Yeah, they they travel a lot, but definitely if there's mm-hmm. a Steampunk convention, they always try to go. Yeah, and another. Uh, common face that you'll see in the steampunk circle is a band called abney park yeah abney park is termed by most people to be kind of the quintessential steampunk band they're also seattle based um they actually started as a goth industrial band back in the late 90s founded by uh their their current lead singer robert brown or captain robert if you're uh if if you happen to know who abney park is um but about 10 years into their into their band they uh kind of rediscovered themselves as a as a steampunk band and uh captain robert actually went on to write a book about they came up with a backstory they went very much in depth to it it's very cool um and so in 2008 they released their first steampunk album called lost horizons um over the years, they've had a lot of uh, a lot of band members who have come and gone, um, even up till recently when one of their band members uh, started his own project. Um, and you know, they're always fantastic, and everyone that I've ever seen in there has been really, really um, talented and amazing musicians in pretty much any right they need to be. Um, I think. 
I think calling them the quintessential steampunk band is really hard because um, there are people who aren't going to like them and there are going to be other other people that they might want to listen to more. But I, I would say that Abney Park is possibly one of the best known and they have so many instruments. So Captain Robert does um, Darbuka and uh, he'll play an accordion. He'll play a mandolin. He'll play... Um, he plays drums occasionally. They have a bass guitarist. They have fairly recently added a absolutely shredding guitarist who is fantastic. They have a keyboardist who also does their percussion. Um, they have a violinist. Uh, they'll occasionally have guests. It's, it is quite a show to watch. A lot of my friends and family have gone to Abney Park concerts and they always come away having a great time and really enjoying the show, uh, which it's just sort of, it's something that you just got to go out and see. And a lot of their music is available online and you can check it out and see if it's something that, that that's into your taste. It may not be up to your style for music, but it is something to check out and you might find out that you like it. Well, and another thing, just because we are talking briefly about steampunk music, because they, they do still have that kind of goth industrial edge, even though there's a lot of world influences in there too. Um, we're just, we're going to throw out a couple of other names here that you can check out. Um, Rasputina is a cello-based trio that's actually the musical guest of honor here at SteamCon. Um, so that goes a little more classic. You've got Unwoman, who is also a cello-based um, musician. Um, she's really, really, she's a great show to watch. Um, uh, somebody who I know is here is uh, Veronique Chevalier uh, or Weird Val for, she does a lot of polka based. Well, I, her, her newest, her newest project is um, polka based ghost stories uh, with uh, music suited to where the ghost stories are from. Yeah. And it's, uh, and it's interesting because we had a few moments to sit down and talk with her and she's a very interesting artist, and I think her her music is has a lot of heart behind it, and she really shines through with her creativity and just trying to do parody and honoring the people that she's, you know, I don't want to say making fun of, but that she's that she's parodying that she's parodying, and it's it is it is some pretty interesting music. Yeah, and and she really does. Uh, focus on the artistic aspects of what she's doing and which another guy who who one of my favorites he doesn't have a huge collection I think he just kind of does it for fun off to the side is Professor Elemental um, who is a a faux faux British posh rapper it was interesting. I saw one of his videos. It's like a scrawny white guy with a bunch of steampunk people around him in a pith helmet in a boxing ring. Just like, all right, I'm going to do this. It's going to be great. And, and and very classy, classy rhymes being thrown out. It's fantastic. He's a type of rapper that you'll need a dictionary to kind of figure out some of the really big words. De- that he's Devin needs a dictionary. Shut up. I love you. Um, a lot of times, if these aren't quite catching you, there are a lot of people out there doing their top 10, top 20 steampunk songs. So you can go to Google. We're, we're big proponents of Google, by the way, or Bing or whatever search engine you want to use. But go out there and just type in top 10 steampunk songs or top 20 steampunk songs. So check them out. There's a lot of stuff out there. And uh, and 
hopefully you'll find something that you will find a new musical passion for you to get into. So if you aren't looking for new music artists, there is some steampunk games out there. There's some new ones out like Dishonored, which are steampunky. It's not just steampunky. It's very, very steampunk. But neither of us have played it yet. So A, don't tell us anything because we're going to play it and I don't want any spoilers. Um, there's also other games like uh, Amnesia the Dark Descent, which is terrifying. Yes, if you haven't heard about it or play it, just go ahead and Google Google Amnesia watch, Dark Descent. Uh, watch Toby Tur- yeah, Toby Games, Toby Turner. Watch him play that because it's actually pretty hilarious. Yeah, he has some best of clips. Uh, totally worth it. It's, it's a terrifying game and vaguely Victorian based and has a couple of steampunk gear based um, puzzles. Yeah, and the problem, and, and then there's like Cogs, which is actually a puzzle game based off of Gears. Another really good one, it's a puzzle-based game. It's called Machinarium. Oh my gosh, go check it out. It's a great little indie game. It's available on Steam. Um, you play a tiny little robot and you have to go solve all these puzzles to find your robot love. That's fantastic. Yeah, so, but the but all those games cost money. So if you want to try something for free, there's a game out there called Spiral Knights. I really like the developer of this game. It's the three ring designs. They're the same people who did Puzzle Pirates, and I kind of fell in love with Puzzle Pirates for a while. Yeah. Devin is a kind of like a, a single mind single track mind gamer. So when he falls in love with something, he plays it hardcore for as, until he completely burns out. I had and my own I had my own shop and I was selling virtual booze. It was pretty awesome. Devin doesn't drink in real life, just so you know, <laughs> but he was a master distiller and boozeaholic yep. on Puzzle Pirates. Yep. But Spiral Knights with the same group, it's uh, you are little steam powered robots that have crash landed on a mysterious planet, but you're, you're stranded, but you're not alone because it's a massively multiplayer um, action game. It's not really an RPG because you don't have stats for your character that that increase. You get equipment, and the better your equipment, the more powerful you are, and and your equipment does level up over time. So instead of the more you use it, the the worse it gets. The more you use it, the better it gets. And then you can also craft from, you know, you can craft your items into better items, which is kind of a cool, which is kind of a neat way of of going about the sort of action style. Um, It's a top-down, third-person action game, kind of like The Legends of Zelda before they went to the whole 3D nonsense. It's a little bit... It's a little bit different than straight-up top-down because it's it's not... um, It does have that 3D feel. I'm trying to think of a really... Maybe like Animal Crossing, kind of? What's interesting about the free-to-play model that they're using is that they actually set it up to where you get probably about an hour and a half of gameplay per day for free and if you want to go further on you have to basically pay for it because they have a a very interesting system that you are a little guy and what you do to play the game is that you go down into dungeons and there's an elevator that you have to power with either mist energy which is the free energy or crystal energy which is the energy you pay for now you can get about 10 levels of the dungeon in in one playthrough assuming that you don't die and you can uh, or you can pay for crystal energy and for about a dollar that's about 30 levels so when you do the math it's about 25 cents an hour to play the game which is really reasonable it's better than almost any any arcade you're going to find and what's really nice about this is that there's four person co-op on all the 
on all of the dungeons so you can run around with a bunch of friends and make sure that you have help to take down the bosses and to go through all of the arenas. Yeah, I I really like their four-player model because you can pick your own group of friends or you can just go with random people. And for the most part, random people are pretty good. You'll get occasional jerks, but for the most part, it's uh, it's been really fun to play. And it's... It's simple enough that you don't feel like you're missing out because you only play for an hour. You're like, yeah, this was fun. Okay, I'm done now. And then you wait until the next day and it's been fantastic. So yeah, it's, it's great for those casual games where you just want to sort of sit and play for a little bit and just, you know, have a bit of time with your friends and then you're off and going. But if you want to continue on, you just spend a couple dollars. And when you have other MMOs, they can, you know, for like, most most MMOs are 15 bucks a month. And if you paid that, you'd be able to basically play all month long. So that brings us to the end of the Neat Stuff podcast. If you have any stories of weird fans or if you have any stories of some amazing costumes that you have made and the trials and tribulations has taken you to get it created, uh, go ahead and throw those into an email and send it to neat stuff podcast or send it to neat stuff podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you have any great neat stuff that we need to know about, you can also send that to neat stuff podcast at gmail.com. And you can, and if you want to listen to any of our past episodes, you can check all of those out at neat stuff podcast.com. So from the neat stuff crew, my name is Devin and I'm Kat. Have a great week, guys, and we'll see you next week. Yeah, it's definitely, or it, it's one of those things that he... That it's defiantly. It's defiantly, yeah. I'm defiantly <laughs> going to exit this. <laughs> I'm, I'm defiantly... I'm exi- I, I defiantly exited the building. I'm defiantly exited about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um.